Let's yeah. talk about multiverses. Must we? Must we really? I guess we have to. It has to come up eventually. Yeah, at, at a certain point, we're going to have to do it. And I know you want to do it. I know you're just boiling with anger, the kind that manifests in your fists and lets you punch worlds out of existence. Uh, I wish! I wish! (laughs) Look, folks, look, we all love, like, goofy, you know, comic booky things, all that stuff. And the important thing is, is that it is goofy. Like, the core concept of the multiverse, I feel, should not be treated as an essential part of your narrative. This is, like, my big thing, is... If you want to, like, bury something cool, like, like wet it to multiverse shit. Because then, like, nobody outside is going to care. Nobody who's not already there is going to care. Because it requires them to be invested in all, ki- all kinds of other bullshit, right? Let, I, let's, should we, like, actually explain what we're mentioning and talking about, I guess? I mean, I assume people would know, but whatever, if this is going out into the world. We should <laughs> At Just least- think, how would... How would Corey correct your explanation? <laughs> okay, well, the basic idea of a multiverse is a universal thing in lots of fiction and lots of comics in particular, which is just there are other versions of the universe we're paying attention to or that we live in in the real world. And superhero comics love their multiverse stories. It's an easy way to have, you know, all these what if questions of, oh, what if this happened? Or what if so-and-so landed here? Or this, that, and the third. And that's cool. But like over time for... I, I don't know, I guess in the pursuit of complexity as a replacement for depth, they've become more and more important. Like, half of all major events in comics are revolved around the multiverse. Creating multiverses, destroying them, combining them, crossing them over, yada yada yada. The multiverse is, in my perspective, way more important than it ever should be. Because it's fun to just go to mustache dimension and meet the mustache people. Mm-hmm. It's It's not as fun when the mustache dimension becomes a very important thing that everyone has to know about or that is the center control of an entire scope of shit. Like, no, fuck mustache dimension. It's a funny joke, you know? Hey, you know? Yeah. So, when it, one of the other factors that comes up when talking about, um, uh, about multiverses is that they were often in that extra level above the the actual telling stories within the universe kind of thing remember we talked about intrinsic and extrinsic factors a lot of alternate universes have extrinsic causes things like two writers disagreeing deeply about how a character should be handled and the editorial staff not wanting to get either of them too mad or uh as with as with some universes in DC, the acquisition of another company and the need to explain why these characters weren't already constantly around your existing crew. In the example of the Fawcett Comics characters, uh, which includes you know Shazam now, um, and Blue Beetle and uh, Captain Adam and the Question. I think well, yeah. well, those are different. Those are part of Charleston, I believe. But this is only yeah, uh, handful. Of they shows. were made for. Earth, they they basically got to have Earth S, and then slowly over time, the characters of Earth S in the various reboots slid into the main continuity. Um, Earth X for quality comics as well, but I don't, I don't actually know what quality comics did. It would take me to pull that information up. But then you have the whole thing. Uh, it's weird to point to like Angela as a version of mm. this dumb idea done well, where they're just like, nah, she was here the whole time. She was just over there. One of the interesting things about these multiverses as an approach, which is kind of funny when you think about it, is that when you need an entire 
universe to keep your character in a separate space from the rest of your characters, it does kind of make you wonder just how busy that universe is. Because there are humans on this earth who, even if I go out of my way to try and meet everyone, I'm never going to know. And not, not a few, thousands of them, millions of them, billions of them. So the fact that superheroes kind of say, well, there's pretty much no way that Shazam and Superman could exist in the same universe without, you know, bumping into each other, that that kind of indicates how much space those characters are meant to take up. Like, they, yeah. how obvious and evident they are meant to be. Well, that's also the idea that a superhero is supposed to be sort of unique in their setting, because when you write a superhero book, ideally, you're just writing a solo book about that character. But once the thing they do goes from being just a unique thing they do to, like, a career path, in yeah. a, almost, then it's like, well, why wouldn't you have met the most important person in your industry? Or why wouldn't you mm-hmm. know about him, right? If it's yeah, the industry. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing, because, like, it's a publishing thing where they feel like, and they're not wrong. They feel like, well, our universe is our biggest selling point compared to other mediums. Like, that's what we have that no one else has. Yeah. So on the one hand, if you, as a big, you know, blob corporation, absorb a smaller one, you think, well, it needs to be part of our universe as opposed to, well, why don't we just continue publishing books about these characters, right? Like, mm-hmm. they could just do that. They could have just continued selling, you know, Captain Marvel Shazam books forever as just these are captain marvel books are they in the dc universe it doesn't fucking matter you know but because you know that's what we have to sell that's what we have to sell more than anyone else it has to go in yeah but and and once you start saying these characters interact the question then follows from other people well why don't all of them interact what what's the thing that unifies these and what's the thing that separates them and especially when you're dealing with the you know not heavily communicating period of comic development like you know yeah there were there were editorials and you could put stuff in a in the back of the section of the comic but you know you were putting out how many comics how often were you going to put like a standard explanation of by the way these are the comics that are included in this one central continuity and 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 this is where I talk about I think about scaring people away we have we start to have to have these conversations and there's lots of other reasons people don't and probably shouldn't be reading comic, superhero comics, but just the fact that all this shit is going on, you know, makes like, oh, I gotta, I, the fact that like, there's a cable movie, well, there's a Deadpool and cable movie coming out, right? It's like timelines are also, yeah, 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 right? But this is the thing, right? Cause timelines are also tied into this. They're basically the exact same sort of story, but like, you're using different words to say, to, to explain the same concept, basically. And like, that cable's gonna be popular, very popular, like, in the broader culture. And then someone's going to go, well, I kind of like that cable guy. Who is it? Josh Brolin? Yeah, I'm going to go read a cable book. No, no, you're not. <laughs> no, the fuck you are not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh, like, um, uh, there's a, uh, a Gotham by Gaslight story coming out. I mean, that's fine. You could just read Gotham by Gaslight. It's on its own. And it's no big fucking, you know, map. You have to read just, like, just, hey, here's Gotham by Gaslight. It's a novel. Read it fuck off and there you go but on the same time that may not get you into regular batman comics because that was one story you watched it you read it you had it in one self-contained experience and that was it right Mm -hmm. that's not an entry point as much as it might seem i mean it might be for some people but it's probably not for most people to to use food as a metaphor the the hypothetical structure of comics is a series of spaghetti dishes 
where one of the strands of spaghetti reaches between each dish. So you'll be eating it and oh, I need to finish this. I need to go to the, I need to move on to the next dish mm. and, and get that. Um, whereas things like Gotham by a gas lamp are like a single plated meal and that's it. That's all you need to consume. Now, the idea that that, you know, single strand of spaghetti is what gets people to keep coming back and eating spaghetti is possibly, I feel a little flawed on the behalf of the publishers. But, you know, since when have they and I agreed on anything? <laughs> I mean, excuse me. There's some logic to it. If you like X character and he shows up in Y book, you'll read his book if you really like that character. And a lot of the superhero thing is, you know, coming to root for your guy. It's a lot like, you know, sports or wrestling. You come to yeah. root for your team or for your characters. So you'll come for that. And if that character doesn't exist outside their scope, then you'll just, oh, well, I had it. And it, it turns it from less of a sport sort of thing into just a narrative in and of itself, which is good in and of itself but it's again when things like that get most popular and then they jam them into other things like batman beyond massively popular like tv show and they are constantly trying to find ways to like shoehorn batman beyond into like main Mm -hmm. continuity somehow it's like you're already like you're you're already making this like you're adding time travel shit and timelines and multi-universes and like People just wanted to see a young kid and old Batman. They wanted those two pieces, they got them. And y'all are probably not giving them half of what they want with that. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, there are there are a ton of examples of this particular, uh, you know, why are you doing this kind of mash-together continuities nonsense, like uh, the Watchmen prequels and the attempt to integrate uh, a V for Vendetta into the mainline continuity. I don't remember that, but... Uh, I don't. But I don't doubt you. I just don't remember that. It turns out that particular author was not fond of the idea, and there was a fight. I don't, Alan Moore's not fond of most things they do. Yeah, <laughs> he's great. Uh, what's uh oh man? So the other thing is the fun, like the idea of a self-contained alternate universe take on a character. That's pretty fucking cool. I think, right? It, yeah. It's it's when they jam it and everything else, but. Uh, the other thing is how interesting is the same sort of thing before like how interesting is alternate Nazi universe character yeah how, and how, how and how many of them are just it's the exact same person it's just now we get to put them in a different set of iconography right like it's like it's 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 a question that answers itself right what if this character was different well then they'd be different wouldn't they I- <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um Usually, alternaverse rips on a character kind of need to have a fairly deep and intimate understanding of what makes that character work to make an alternate take interesting. Mm. Because there's a surface level reinterpretation of a character you can do, where you know, sell, you know, you'll, you'll tweak some powers, you'll tweak a costume, and you maybe make them talk a little differently. But that's not the same thing as a deeper ground level. All right, I know this character well enough, so I know how they would, how the same person would be transformed by this single instigating event in their life being different. Mm. This makes alternaverses really hard to do. Um, and when you're dealing with multiverses on the scale of, say, DC, where there's, I think, at the moment, fifty-two alternate DCs. <laughs> so apparently, the Dark Knight's metal universe thing, whatever the event that's still currently going on has introduced a dark multiverse. Uh, so there may be 52 
alternate, alternate. You see, you see this stupid thing I'm saying. <laughs> you did this. You could just tell a story about Nazi Superman without having to justify that he exists somewhere out there and you know regular Superman is aware of him. Like, like, like you just tell that story. Like, uh, I mean, don't tell that story, but you're gonna do it. So just do it in a way that's not stupid. <sighs> oh man. Yeah. Uh, that 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 same that same uh, uh space of you have all these different universes and now the worst part about this is how much they multiply work and how much they basically induce laziness mm-hmm. let's say we have two multiverse universes right and we'll say there's one major instigating event different between both of them world war ii is almost always a favorite but let's not use that one let's say let's say in in one universe the american revolution worked and in one universe the american revolution didn't work so effectively, given that the universe in DC is mostly America, um, this would mean in one universe you have America as we understand it, and the other universe you'd have the the American colonies of Britain, right? You have now two versions of every single superhero. If you have four superheroes, that means you've got to make four new superheroes, who are the British versions of the originals. DC has a lot more than four superheroes, and they have a lot more than two universes. Here's the trick, right? They don't care about most of that shit, and they don't yeah. care. Again, that's you. That's what we were saying before. If you show you know, all those maps of the multiverse, and what you're gonna get is a whole lot of shit that doesn't actually fucking matter, and one thing that you're supposed to care about, and then they'll bring it. But they want you to care about all that other shit. They want you to get the impression that this is important because this is complexity to disguise, you know, lack of depth. It's you know, look, we turned our universe into a fucking math flowchart. It's like, it, it, but. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't actually help anything. Mm. It's not interesting. It's, it's the thing is there are interesting ideas sometimes. Like I will, I've talked yeah. about how I like the Earth Two universe, but it also increases introduces this other problem where the Earth Two universe had like a lot of the New Fifty Two waves diversity, so to speak. It had a Black Hawk Girl and a Black Superman and a Gay Green Lantern and all this stuff, and uh, it had the uh, Seek commander general of the you know united countries army and shit Mm -hmm. and but they're all over there it's like miles like oh we have a black spider-man over there he's he's not real spider-man he's not real hawk girl it's not real you know green lantern they're over here and like it it gives you the opportunity to like play with spaces that you would normally have but it also like shoves things over there it's that whole thing of we talked about this off mic but it makes things somehow more fake than if it was fan fiction. Because, you know, if it's fan fiction, it's like, maybe it happened, maybe it didn't happen. If it's an alternate universe, then it explicitly didn't happen. You know? Like, it happened, but it has a not real sticker on it. It has a bootleg sticker on it. Like, a real, like, bootleg item might confuse you. A, like, real item with a bootleg sticker on it will just make you not buy it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. The, the, so, so, so what we have is, as a, like, and the worst thing is multiverses are, as with almost everything with comics, they're a thing that has potential to do something really interesting and cool that by dint of almost just sheer bulk and pragmatics and probably some degree of laziness, just, just never gets used well. Never. And every single time they say, no, we're ditching the multiverse because no one likes it except the most hardcore of hardcore fans, then they're back on their bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> it always happens. Oh, and it almost always, always happens because of Power Girl, which makes me feel especially bad. Uh, like, I was... Uh, 
I would love to get Karen to pop off because she's actually got a lot of potential in her stories. Mm. But that shit just like it's a, it's a fucking albatross around her neck. It's just a weight. It's just like couldn't you just be anything, something at all? No, it's it, that's the thing. There's ways to there's ways to tell again. Like if you just want to have a story where Batman meets an alternate evil version of himself, that's fine. It's just when it goes on to be like a one-off of that where he fights evil version of himself and he wins and proves you know fuck you out man you suck that's cool that's good that's a nice one-off story that maybe can explore some ideas it's just yeah. when it keeps coming back when it keeps being treated as a big deal when it because think about it right even on that level like you have a street level character you have daredevil and daredevil meets evil often universe daredevil and technically daredevil lives in a universe where shit like that happens but he's not that kind of character. And, no, no. His and, reaction to finding someone who is an exact duplicate of himself would be, well, imagine what would happen if you encountered an exact duplicate of yourself. Right. But even just like... After the makeouts. <laughs> In between the fighting, all of which are happening at the same time. Read his note. Clay is a pretty man. <laughs> the... The kind of character that Daredevil is, is not the kind who constantly has multiverse adventures, Right. And yeah, or deals with, like, the parallels between worlds and whatnot. No, that's not the type of story you tell with him. And if he has to keep dealing with that shit, then it makes it probably turns off people who like Daredevil. Like, imagine if you, you know, were reading... Again, it's like this whole sci-fi to magic and magic to sci-fi thing. You came for one thing and now you're getting something else. Because the the sort of gatekeepers of the genre think multiverse is very important. And, like, you know, interconnectedness is very important. So even your, like, gritty little street characters or mysterious, you know, magic characters or fucking, you know, office workers who are doing the paperwork for the Daily Bugle or whatever, having to deal with all this shit. It's like, no, I didn't, I, I wanted this. But like, no, you have to. It's very much, you know, the universe, the plot coming and kicking in your door saying, no, you have to deal with this problem. Like, no, fuck you. I was fighting the kingpin. Uh, uh, again, and that's, it's fun every once in a while just to mix things up because I probably would get sick of him just punching the kingpin every year all year forever mix it up but once it sort of supplants all the other things you're supposed to be there for is when it kind of fucks it all up yeah you're you, you get presented with this um the, the funny thing is that multiverses are something that pretend to be huge scale capital i important to everything because how could they not be it's an exact duplicate of your universe with only a microscopic amount of differences. Like, if, when you think about how much stuff is going on in a universe, and you say, yeah, but in this universe, these humans, who are totally irrelevant on the scale of a universe, wear different hats and, and are mean to each other. When you look at it like that, it, it, uh, it kind of blows your mind the idea of how much other stuff must be more or less the same like universal constants and positions of stars and 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 the chemical composition of various planets and whatnot big things like things that have more mass than all humans put together they're not changed but hats and beards are changed so multiverses feel like they should be huge and important but secretly they are tiny and irrelevant and they are like a story component for a microscopic number of characters in the big scheme of things like when you also think about the the context of a uh, uh um when you think about the context of solving a multiverse problem right 
so she should like, just you know, send all that shit back over there. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. But now think about that in terms of who knows how to open those doors. Like if it's this whole thing and it's literally no arbitrary distance away, who has the means to make a portal to huck stuff back to the to, to the um other side of the of that barrier? And you'll usually be able to say like, well, obviously a character like Doc Strange could do it. Um, Hank Pym could probably do it, like a super science thing. Yeah. But but when you start to think about it, the list of people who can actually interact with multiversal issues is a tiny grouping. It's effectively a super science problem. Or it's, you know, characters who's who for who, that's their whole deal, right? You know, it's characters like Spider-Gwen or like the Exiles or something like that, where it's like, that's all we do. That's our whole deal. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think there's space for that, you know? Like, that'd be a fun anthology yeah. sort of thing where you can, you know, explore all these different potentialities. But the other thing is, because these are mostly just like, hey, what if this one was evil? What if these were people were lizards kind of stories? If you start exploring them too much, they fall apart. Like, you know, Tyrant mm-hmm. is an interesting thing to happen until you actually go to Praetoria and live there. And it's like, oh, it's actually not that... <laughs> it's actually not that great. You want to... <laughs> You want to explain that for the listener. Okay. So, as we've not, you know, as we've gone over and over again, we're big Cedar Heroes nerds, and Cedar Heroes had its own multiverse. In fact, it was a big part of things. The, a lot of the in-game content was going to different dimensions, just, and having one-off adventures, which, hey, that's great. One of the things was, uh, the Praetorian universe, which was, what if the main heroes, the sort of Superman figure, and the Justice League characters, the, uh, Freedom Phalanx, were evil, and you fought mm. them, and they were evil. And, you know, you beat them up, hey, fuck you, and you go back. And that's cool. And that lasted for how long? Like, that was early, that, that was something that the game launched with, wasn't it? No, 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 it was 40 to 50 content. No, I mean, Remember that the game launched going 1 to 40? Ah, And then yeah. they were like, okay, first major patch, 40 to 50 content. Okay, for so all still, heroes. It's so very it was something that literally came out of nowhere in the tail end of your career. And kind of, yeah. that's, that's kind of one of the best kinds of out-of-context problems you could get. Yeah. Like, we had... No idea this thing existed, and it's so, it's it's equal power level to high level heroes. So here you go. It honestly it worked out really well as an MMO thing. Yeah, and I mean, again, that's the best way to do multiverse, where you just have you know a one off adventure of this weird thing, and maybe it'll explore some ideas for you. But then you go back to what you were supposed to be doing. You know, the degree yeah, to which the game it's a diversion. Which, yeah, but then and that lasted for how many? It's like again, that's early in the game's life cycle, and then you get the announcement of going rogue which on the surface was about going to that alternate evil dimension and experiencing the story of what that place was like and not even getting into the fact that shit was retconned because yep. certain versions of the story the evil freedom phalanx universe was like shit and bombed out whereas once you got to play it it was this you know gleaming dystopia so uh, city of city of heroes launched in 2005 and you had about a year of the Praetorian content as just 40 to 50 content, but you got going rogue in 2010. So about four years after that. Right. And this was going and saying, you know, the multiverse is going to be important. And a lot of this Praetorian shit was tied into what was going to be high level shit. You know, the, the well of the furies and the, the, the coming storm and all that stuff. Mm hmm. Once you explore the idea, you can, the, the cracks become very evident. You know, there's a lot of shit can be said. And I don't even think most of the things you said about Praetoria were multiverse related so much as just, I don't know, 
the narrative of the uh, moral quandaries they presented you with, where there were three bad sides and one good side. Mm-hmm. Where they were supposed to... Well, which, City, yeah, City of Villain... Sorry, City, City of Heroes Going Rogue uh, did one thing I really liked with a multiverse, which is they blew almost everything up. Yeah, 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 at the end of it. No, not the end. Uh, At the start, when you go to like, oh, there's this new world, Pretoria, and it's just like City of Heroes. But City of Heroes, as far as we know, is mostly just one city and the rest of the world. And the rest of the world is more or less like our world, but there are are superheroes wandering around in in capes and tights. And that's not weird, and we don't have a problem with that. Uh, Whereas Pretoria, they were like, rather than trying to populate an entire world, we only want to populate one city. So the rest of the world's fucked. Like, the rest of the world has, like, a squalling forest of tentacles owned yeah. by a super science monster that has just eaten everything. Mm-hmm. So, again, that's a very small space you have to explore there. It's yeah. one city and one bombed out city in the later game. Yeah. And that's it. That's the universe, as far as you know. And, and I mean, <laughs> if you're gonna... Well, that's the thing. By, by, by forcing all of that content in that tiny space, you are effectively creating a space where players can um where you can really focus and you don't get asked the question of yeah well isn't this here somewhere in the world and like it might be somewhere in the world but it's out in the forest and it's fucked it it was fun to go in that space just to play like you know the post-apocalyptic scene because there wasn't a lot of i say that as if like half of fucking rogue isles doesn't look like that but (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The Rogals was also a really shitty place, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it were nice places there. You could go, like, right up the street and experience, like, you know, financial discrepancies. You go right up there to that casino. Mm. And it's like, why is it all bombed out, like, five blocks away? Shut up. It's, uh... That's what happens know. to infrastructure when you have people of mass destruction. Yeah, yeah. Also, you know, you know, when you let the fucking fake social Darwinism shit pop off. Yeah. So... The, the scope of a multiverse presents itself as an everyone problem, and what makes, the, what makes the everyone problem of it even worse is that there are some kinds of stories that the presence of a multiverse quietly wreck. Like, uh, let, let's, say, let's say we have this character who has a technological device that lets them use their powers, right? And, and, and so that, that character's technological uh, prowess and their ability to use that power is all tied to the object, and then you do a thing where the object gets broken or destroyed. Conventionally speaking, the solu- that, that problem represents uh, a big deal. Like, you know, I've got to reconstruct this object that lets me do my thing at all. Except you can hop over to the multiverse, ask the you there, hey, how's this thing work? Can I look at it and reverse engineer it? Oh, sweet. And then that's it. That's a bookkeeping problem. Yeah. It... it, it. It, like on a conceptual level, it shrinks things that are supposed to be a big deal in that way. Yeah. But again, nine, nine times out of ten, that shit doesn't matter. Like, it, no one's going to actually do that. <laughs> yeah. But the fact that they can do that and that they don't is one of those questions that a multiverse asks of a story. And if they don't, and if you ask that kind of question, you need to have something of an answer. It's it's the sliders thing. Like sliders asks the question, like, why are there, you know. If there's a hajillion infinite universes, how does this not create, like, a terrible empire that's, like, capable of just, you know, why, do you, why doesn't the absolute worst universe have its dominating impulses spread out across infinite universes? And Sliders then goes, oh, yeah, I guess that would happen, and it, and it included that. Again, when you have a story that's about that, then you can explore those concepts, and that's the whole thing of Sliders didn't, wasn't part of a universe in the sense that there were 
15 other shows that connected the sliders and we had to consider them right mm, yeah it, it was a self-contained narrative and it could just explore the idea of multiple universes whereas again like there's, you know, there's a lot of shit that superhero comics makes you think you're supposed to care about but you don't actually have to care about like the yep. multiverse like what's happening in all the other books except the one you want to read you know yeah or all the other shows or all the other movies most of that shit you don't have to know about or care about but after all it, the people who make it kind of don't yeah no but they'll every so often they'll kick in your door and be like no you have to pay attention to us I'm like i don't i didn't know I, mm. I had this guy mm-hmm. in spandex he's punching another guy in spandex I, i'm good go the fuck away and then they drag yeah, you yeah. here yeah and they show oh, you no, this no, it's map an event it's an yeah. event and oh events are coming up one day and then they introduce you to all these people you don't care about and tells you how one of them is bigger and badder than your guy and you're like fuck you well well look when when events come up we definitely have to invite cory on <laughs> you, 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 you're just gonna make piss that man off every time you mention him i'll tell you yeah <laughs> he's somewhere just vibrating with anger right now <laughs> perfectly reasonable honestly <laughs> anyway i i uh so so the the continuity but multiverse basically gets to be another level on which continuity nerds get to be the worst Editors get to use it to 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 chaperone uh, writers who hate each other away from each other, and it gets to be used as an excuse for everything lazy or bad or continuity mistake driven. Like realistically speaking, if I tell if, if I write, uh, I, so I wrote I wrote a book. I've written a couple of books, in fact, but I wrote a book where around about a third of the way through, I got it in my head that I was writing a young adult fiction book and I shouldn't have characters swear. So I actually went through a lot of hoop jumping and justifying, and a lot of the characters' voices became very clearly people who didn't swear. And this all was done without going back and double-checking what I had already written, which is why I'd missed that one of the major characters introduced herself with, Hey there, fuckface! (laughs) Now, what I did was I went back and I edited that and fixed it for the final release of the book, but it was... uh, if this was DC Comics, they'd be like, oh, no, no, you see, what happened is that the start of that story happened in this multiverse, and the sequel part of that, and the rest of the story happened in this multiverse, but don't worry, it all played out more or less the same. It's this really hilariously overwrought explanation for oops. Right, uh, and like, uh, and that is part of the, like, justification that people, like, throw force on you, where like, oh, why about this? And they show up at a con, you're like, it doesn't fucking matter, dude. I got, it doesn't, it doesn't, actually. I promise you, I'm just trying yeah, to turn yeah, yeah. books out, like, once a month. I got a lot of shit going on, I got five books. Somebody yeah, said fuck, yeah, and, and, I'm and, sorry. Yeah, and, and, the movies, and, and the movies and the TV series have presented an extra level of, of um, continuity nonsense, because, realistically speaking, anyone writing an Avengers or, or Defenders or whatever movie is wholeheartedly saying, to fuck with that shit, I do not care, while... You know, I, I have to integrate these plot points from these movies I don't care about also involving these plot points from these comic books that no one reads. Mm. Um, so, so, so when you have that going on, but you then get things like, uh, are you familiar with the, the one-way flow rule with uh, Marvel Universe stuff? Hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, that? yeah. Only, that's the whole thing. And then they'll, like, run... I remember when they first used to run uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and they had this little... <laughs> fucking like bumper and like it's all connected fuck you it's all connected no it's not it's not <laughs> i don't give a shit if that one girl who showed up like twice in thor movies happens to guest star it's not all fucking connected they stopped doing that after a while yeah yeah because 
And that's another thing where where politics of the of the people making the show got involved, where you know, no, it's not actually connected in the same greater multiverse. We just want to we want to ditch that plot point. Thank you. And you know what what are you going to do about that exactly? What what is the solution to the boss decided that this doesn't count anymore? Because there really isn't one. You just you just outlive the boss, I guess. Wait until uh, Akira Kashida takes his job. <laughs> hey, uh, on the note of expanded continuity of the um, From the Rooftops podcast, do you want to explain to anyone who doesn't necessarily live and breathe comics Twitter what the fuck you just said? Uh, Akira Kushida is a real-life, actual, for-real Japanese person, and he is personally responsible for all the things I hate in Marvel Comics. <laughs> he lives, <clears throat> like, somewhere in the attic... And he just listens to me, and then he goes, "Hey, here's a bunch of characters you like, written by somebody you hate." Yeah. You know? Yep. 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 <laughs> hey, remember that black woman? We're just gonna make her two shades lighter. You know. <laughs> you know, for the kids. He's he probably responsible for things you hate too. So, if at all possible, if you're at any convention, especially if someone maybe say CB Sobolski is there, just remind <laughs> them, ask them, why do they keep giving Akira Kushida jobs if he just keeps torturing people, particularly me. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to bother explaining that. Yeah, let, 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 let people do their own research. You can find more about this if you check out uh, our expanded Excuse guidebook. Excuse me! Excuse me! <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. I just realized I've been saying Akira Kushida for like 10 minutes. Akira Kushida is a singer in Tokusatsu. I'm thinking of Akira Yashida. I'm oh, sorry. God damn. Sorry, yes. Because my brain was throwing up that there's something wrong with this. Is this not the joke you think it is? Oh, no, Akira Kushida seems like a great guy. His voice sounds like gravel and rocks, and he sings, you know, mech theme songs for Sentai shows. I love that guy. Unless yeah. he babies or something. But fuck Akira Yashida. Get out of yeah. my ceiling, Akira yeah. Yashida. So fuck Akira him. Yashida it doesn't exist. That That's part of the thing. Like, Akira Yashida is a, is a made-up person of color used to inflate uh, um, person of color stats. It's a lot like naming your your very successful uh, journal, your, your very successful writer persona, uh, something like David Wong. I guess I have when to explain it now since I fucked up the get. joke. <laughs> so Sorry? the current, uh, since I fucked up the joke, I guess we could explain it now. Uh, the yeah, current, yeah, you better. The current head editor of Marvel Comics is a man named C.B. Sabolsky, who in the early two thousands, Ghost wrote like extremely like ninja y Japanese Wolverine comics for Marvel because he was an editor and there was a rule that editors couldn't write. So he made mm-hmm. up a guy named Akira Yashida and like promoted him for like five minutes to put out a couple of meh books. And this particular bit of news came out once he replaced Axel Alonso as a CEO. So, or I think he was chief creative officer. So there, but fuck all that. Akira Yashida is a ninja gremlin that just exists to ruin my life. I like that version. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Akira Yoshida is the kind of person who looks at Daredevil and says, but what if he was a ninja? <laughs> yeah. So, so like, comic, comics... And, and this, by the way, this is basically multiverse nonsense right now. <laughs> and and uh, the, the whole Captain Marvel's... Sorry, the whole uh, Captain America is secretly a Nazi thing. That was multiverse bullshit. And, and part of the point of it being multiverse bullshit was that they didn't want to tell us it was multiverse bullshit. Up front. Not a fictional story. Not a what if. This is all really happening. Yeah, and... And it wasn't. 
Well, it all and, really did happen, but then they just like rid it off by having an alternate universe cap come in and replace the cap nobody likes, and he's just like, so that's 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 who's in the books right now. Yeah. So you see how this is all stupid and just makes things unpleasant. Yeah, <laughs> For people who maybe want to read Captain America comics. It's stupid, and it also has this problem where it creates a line of continuity between stuff you don't like and stuff you do like. And unless you are successfully capable of either, as a as a mature reader, going, nah, fuck that, or as a absolute spod going through the continuity and trying to find the points where things change, um, you know, you, you are basically getting getting lumped with stuff that you don't really like and that isn't your comic books and being told, this is important, you have to know about this stuff, because otherwise, how will you ever answer the claim that Captain America is a Nazi? Mm. And and they and this is one of the things they do to basically as a marketing stunt. They want to make sure that you feel you need to know everything about a character before you can feel safe um, liking them. You know, the Hank Pym thing. Everyone knows that Hank Pym hit his wife. Not a lot of people are actually clear on how many times, how often, when it happened, what it, what it meant. But everyone knows Hank Pym hits his wife. It's funny, too, because I... So, <laughs> I'm just thinking of, like, ultimate Hank Pym. Because, like, classic Hank Pym, right? He just kind of flailed at his wife and ran away, right? Yeah. Well, there was one big crack across the face, but yeah. And, yeah, I'm, but the thing is, ultimate Hank Pym, like, sicked an army of ants on his shrunk-down wife and then sprayed her with Raid. Yeah. So like, like <laughs> and then one day we'll, to, and then someone one day we're gonna go in on what I think about the ultimates. Yeah, oh god, no! Oh god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one day we, we can talk about fucking dark multiverses then, because uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let let's let's just say I have issues. Um, Everybody like does. in general. <laughs> um, but yeah, the 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 fundamental nature of multiverses is that they are nonsense masquerading as very important, and they allow and encourage some of the worst impulses of an editorial team. And the funny thing is, they used to know not to do them because, as Clay referenced, not a dream, not a what if. Like they used to just do it's a dream or it's a what if because they wanted to tell an interesting story and they didn't want to fuck up tomorrow's comic for today's comic. So they're just like, yeah, this is all a weird dream Batman had. And that's funny. Because the important thing is not, does this really happen? Or what are the ramifications of this long term? They are, what if what if Superman was a raccoon? The other thing of that is, if, if there's some shit that was fortunately written out by dumb multiverse fuckery, please stop trying to put it back in, yep. Grant Morrison. Please stop, okay? With the exception of Power Girl. <laughs> No, just, um, it's uh, like, he operates under the logic that everything that has ever happened in comics totally happened, as it happened. Fuck you. So then you yep. have this thing where, like, he'll say, but then he works to try to figure out how that makes sense. So one of his things is that, you know, Batman, all the crazy shit Batman did in, like, the Golden Ages and, like, Mid-Silver Age was all yep. just, like, because 90% of his villains use weird chemicals, he, like, you know, hallucinated half Had of that episodes. shit. Episodes. Yes. So, like, on the one hand, yeah, technically, Batman didn't make the zebra costume. On the other hand, Batman is hallucinating having zebra costumes? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know if you fixed or ha you just wanted to mention that thing so you could show us you read the books. And I'm like, I didn't care, bro. <laughs> Which is kind of like the alpha nerd effect of, you know, well, I know more about this comic than I do, than you do, so I have more right to determine how it's correct. 
Mm. That's a problem too. But like, yeah. Alan Moore's stance is is kind of almost like Morrison's stance, but it's also simultaneously very much not. Which is, um, he has the idea of hypertime. Oh god, no! <laughs> this may, well, I, well, I, I, no, hold on, like, hold on, I, hold on, hold on, hold on. I think hypertime is actually a Morrison, isn't it? It's a thing more coined, and Morrison ran with. Oh, so like most but, things, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the thing with the thing with hypertime, as Moore expressed it, is that everything ever depicted in comics happens in a single mega continuity, and there's no getting rid of any of it. But there's also no, no there's also no need to continue any of it. Like the continuity sorts itself out. So yeah, we have twelve different origin stories for Clark, but that doesn't change the fact that the you know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't actually matter. So you make your own... And, and the secondary side of this is, from Moore's perspective, you craft your own continuity of Superman by what you choose to care about and in what order. Which it's, is very, uh... you know, Bart's and, you know, the, the, the author is dead stuff. And unsurprisingly, I kind of like this idea that I think is Alan Moore's and also tends to tie in with my academic background. So, you know, of course I'm going to be like that. But... <laughs> uh... I actually don't. I'm the, the. It seems like maybe the ownership of the concept of hypertime might be under some dispute. But figures, figures. But it's got new era. If you want to talk about things that Moore said and re- re- relevance to like canonness, canonicity, the best phrase I've ever seen him write was, um, uh, "It was for whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow," which was the mm-hmm. last Superman story right before Crisis, and thus not really an irrelevant or important Superman story, but also written as the One last. Of the best. <laughs> the last superman story like in it most of the people died and he retired um and one of the phrases is this is an imaginary story but aren't they all right and mm-hmm. and that was a neat little idea and uh, again well, like time travel is also tied read... into this you know oh yeah 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 time travel gets fucking shocking on that front again like time travel is basically another kind of alternate verse especially when you think so so if you use the back to the future model is time travel where alternate universes come from mm. yeah. this is like, that's the thing too right because it depends it depends on yeah you said which version you're using i don't fully remember the, the back to the future line so much it, it seemed to be pretty linear as much as time mm-hmm. travel can be as opposed to like these splintering timelines which definitely is a source of multiverse and look we're discussing like the fucking science and the canon behind this shit yeah which, which is nonsense it is absolute pish please but, like, listener do not do not be like us understand that this stuff is nonsense it's stupid and it doesn't actually fucking matter but just that again like time travel stories are a lot of times fucking just multiverse stories with different words interjected and sometimes not even that sometimes it's just the same damn story again Mm -hmm. cable cable is a multiverse character he can you know talk around on this you know future shit all he wants to you're from the fucking multiverse you're from x7 or some shit yeah you're you're from a different you're you're from a different version of the of the Mm x-men and most of the time that kind of stuff is mostly just in a in aid and pursuit of giving a character a distinctly different now so they can compare it to the now that they are then put into which by the way you can already do that like if you want to have a character who comes from a bombed out nearly apocalyptic environment where every every day there is a military conflict and something about them means that they are hated and pursued on a, on a daily basis you could put them from syria you, <laughs> you wouldn't actually need to invent a whole fucking universe there there are places in the world that are like that and if you if you use those real world places 
as your anchoring events, you could like draw attention to and contextualize these problems and you get this huge, deep, rich culture that already exists and you wouldn't have to like fucking invent stuff that doesn't exist and that, that just conspicuously looks a lot like colonial uh, America um, to work from. But uh, oh, even the weirdest thing is that that's one of the things I guess multiverse stories have over like timeline stories is like, are we currently living in the time period that Cable comes from? Mm. Like, do we know what time he comes from? Because we might like, what does like how do the comics you know play that out? I mean, we know how Marvel does it; they just slide time forward, which you know Marvel sliding timeline is its own. I really time. like that actually. Yeah, everything happened then. Yeah, know? everything happened about a month ago. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. does so. Like, crunch things into like a ridiculous amount of space though i mean it, yeah but who cares <laughs> the thing is they did that with the new 52 and it was fucking weird yeah because dc doesn't do that stuff isn't practice of that stuff and is kind of what so so what are one of the enduring claims about dc versus marvel that clay doesn't like is that uh the characters in dc are more powerful and therefore you know it, it's harder to it's harder to relate to them it, this is this is wrong, right? Fucking Hercules is a Marvel character, like an actual literal goddamn god. Thor's is hammer a, is, a character is in Marvel. made from a dwarf star. Half of the reason people <laughs> can't lift it is because it's so fucking heavy. It's, yep. it, whether you're worthy or not, ain't got shit to do with it most of the time. Cat's probably worthy. It's just too fucking heavy for his ass. Yeah, yeah. So, so this kind of nonsense is is a uh, uh, you know not that's not the issue. But in the DC universe, they do make a point that the characters they have are really prominent and visible and in some cases internationally renowned. Like, people in other countries know who Batman is and are scared of Batman. This has come up. Um, you know, Iran, the country, at one point has a discussion with the Joker about, yeah, okay, tell you what, we are willing to stand up to Batman. Like, a country. Um, similarly, you have, you know, one of, one of Superman's rivals was the President of the United States for a while there. Superman is Superman. And what this means is when you compress everything a character does in that context down to a couple of months, like, the whole world accelerates. There's no dull time that doesn't matter for a character in these contexts where you can just slot stuff. I so mean, we're getting in yeah. time, and we should do that too, but I'd also like to mention another side of this is DC has more young characters because they do sidekicks more, so you have more yeah. people going through phases of their life in a way that Marvel doesn't. Yeah, true. Like, you know, and that's the whole thing of, like, you know, you can always say how old Cap is, because he's like, oh, but he just went to sleep for longer, right? Like, Cap's yeah. fine with that. But, like, what do you fucking do with Magneto, who's yeah. intrinsically tied to the Holocaust and is running around punching niggas? Like, uh-huh. Right? So that's why they have a bunch of shit that has happened to him over the course of his life that has sort of reset him so that we... <laughs> I, I really like if you... Like, like this is this is one of the funny things, and I say funny, haha, because we're talking about a comic written by Jewish guys that depicts the, the Holocaust, because I have no sense of appropriateness. But one of the odd things you can find if you go looking is you can find a couple of different comic representations of when Magneto was in the concentration camps or just heading into the concentration camps. And over time, that little boy at the start of that story has gotten younger and younger and younger until like in the most recent movie depiction in Days of Days of Future Past, he was like barely able to walk. Yeah, well, and then like they also literally just do dumb science things to him where they'll reset him by a machine yeah. and make him a young man again. Plus, yeah. there's this loose idea that mutants are just healthier than normal people in general, which comes and goes depending. Unless you're with a, 
<laughs> He's healthier. It's just you're not healthier. Shout out to the three people who remember Wither. Went through some shit, but um, I think it's real. I think it's really nice of Marvel to finally give everyone's year um, year seven OC <laughs> a place in their comic books. Ah uh, man, but uh, that's that whole deal of fucking again. Like, time is its own issue, and it's I guess like we were saying, it's just tied to that. And it's the same thing. If you want to go to an alternate future and see where everything goes bad, that's cool. The ideal yeah. situation at the end of that story is you fix the problem, right? Yeah. That, so that's that, one of the other things about time travel. Like, time travel tends to get used as a tourist thing rather than a solution thing. But the problem is if you have a solution like time travel, suddenly all your problems look dumb. Like, why haven't you gone back and solved this before it became an impossible and intractable problem? That, again, that's the, the whole universe where... Mm. Consider, right? The X-Men have access to Jean Grey, and they have access to time travel. Why didn't they go back in time to the 17th century, let's say, and just find all the people who thought slavery was good and fry their brains? Like, you know, <laughs> you, you can just go back there and say, hey, hey, uh, you people who are going to, like, write about how the, the, the negroid human must be regarded as a sort of parrot, you know, that kind of thing. Just just find those people and use Jean Grey to make them go, well, actually, no, they're human beings and we are the worst. And, you know, that's it. You, you, you could get in America without slavery and, you well, know. Honestly, you wouldn't have had an America without slavery. Well, yeah, yeah that, that's its own <laughs> conversation. <laughs> that's the real, like, that, this is an ethics of time travel conversation we're having now. We're yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's, absolutely. It's the same old conversation, oh, would you shoot baby Hitler? And I'm like, yeah, fuck him. But then, like, mm, like, well, what? I'm I'm on the I'm on the side of like, hang on. If I've got baby Hitler, I think I could raise a kid to be better than Hitler. Like, I think <laughs> I've got that in me as a parent. Like, if the what universe is, yeah, is calling just, on me to do that, <laughs> you don't have to kill anybody. You just have to kidnap him and put him in a nice home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Encourage, encourage his art, respect yeah. his interests. <laughs> yeah, but like that's that whole that's a that's that's the ethics of time travel versus like the narrative of the multiverse is that you know oh if this one thing happened. Over there again, it's a time thing. Go one thing wrong over there, and it changes everything. And, yeah, and then there's the whole like, and, and, you know, and a lot of the time it was a lot of the time it presents this really deliberately conservative perspective of trying to change things ruins them, and that I think is really anathematic to the to the idea of how superheroes should work, and the fact that they keep going back to that well is cowardly and in some cases evil. Yeah. <laughs> Just a rampant right off a fucking cliff. <laughs> but think about it. Think think about how many superhero stories are like like Flashpoint. He tried to do something nice, but nice did not work, and now he has learned he must not do the nice thing. Think about how fucking stupid like everybody loves. And I mean, I have it. Red Sun is right. Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> what if what if Superman landed in communist Russia? Well, and I guess Russia would have Superman, wouldn't it? Yeah, but yeah. Wait. He probably fucking fixed a lot of those problems if we're, if we're, cause like, one of the logics, and of course, oh god, oh god, and let's not talk, have you read Red Sun? I've read Red Sun. I really okay, like Red Sun. I didn't realize Red Sun was meant to be a doomsday tale when I first read it. I thought it was like, hey, yeah, communism could be pretty cool if there was one super perfect arbiter and judge over top of everything. Maybe we could work towards that utopia. <laughs> right, but then you think about it, it's like, oh, well, if, you know, it, 
it implied that communism would corrupt Superman and cause him to give people lobotomies and shit. You know, like yeah, yeah, like America didn't cause him to give lobotomies and shit. In what's so funny about truth, justice, the American way? <sighs> <laughs> Continuity fight. <laughs> well. And that, by the way, that right there is an example of an almost multiverse-style thing, because those characters were so the authority! They were so the authority! That is the thing, right? It's the lobotomy that he performed in, in, uh, in, uh, goddamn. Red Sun. No, yeah, no, he really lobotomized people in Red Sun, no question. But are we still, can we count fucking what he did to Manchester Black as a lobotomy? Like, actually, Eh. it's more like cutting off his arm, Eh. not even that. Did Ang lobotomize the, the Fire Lord? Uh, we, we, <laughs> well, we know for a fact Amon lobotomized all those people. Because he, he, he intentionally, like, they, they were all fucked up. Like, their bodies yeah, were yeah, all right. Yeah. Like, he did body so, so, stuff to them. So, so here's a related thing, and this is kind of a meditation on the concept of violence in our society. Is the depriving of power a form of violence? Mm, see, that's, that's, that's the trick, right? It's the whole, oh, you're going to take these mutants' powers? Well, they shoot people, so yes. Hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sir, your face is exploding. He's going to shoot you with this anti-face exploding ray. But that's my rights. You don't have a right to explode. No. That, you, yeah. No, that's, that's not a right, motherfucker. <laughs> and, and that's where we get back to the point where I, you know, mutants is metaphor, gun control versus inherent inimical rights, blah, 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 blah. But mm-hmm. and then you get to the, what, what some people might call the Harrison Bergen problem which is a short story, I want to say it was by Kurt Vonnegut, where in a truly egalitarian society in the far-flung dystopian future, characters who can run, people who can run too fast are forced to wear government weights all the time, people who can think too fast are given, like, an audio device that scrambles their brain, blah, blah, blah. The whole idea that there's going to be, like, enforcement of everyone to a singular standard and, and how it, it's so much better if we celebrate our differences as expressed by one person who's better than everyone getting to do stuff that he thinks is cool. Um, yeah, see, that's the whole thing. It's always that bullshit where, A, when it comes down to is this person thinking everyone else is inferior to them? And yeah. saying, it, it's, it's the fucking, you know, it's the fucking John Galt shit where it's like, oh, no, you know, why should I be, you know, brought down to the lesser level of you poor? It's like, nigga, you're not actually better than anybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In a lot of in a lot of cases, you're uh, you're actually kind of worse because like, yeah. you can't recognize the kind of things, like especially when you're dealing with like, a very Western signaling of what counts as better. You know, yeah. John Galt loved to put, John Galt and uh, what's his name, Rourke, Rourke from from the Fountainhead. Fountainhead's protagonist was like, I am the best architect ever. Uh, I, I am I am opposed by a cabal of powerful architecture critics. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Every I mean, time I think about that plot point, the idea that, yeah, the, the, the critical review section of Architecture Monthly has, has, like, global conspiracy powers. Like, they can totally fuck everything up. I mean, uh, real talk, like, when you look at a lot of multiverse stories... Like, superhero stories tend to be, like, a lot of times morality plays anyway. But yeah. then you get into the dynamic of, you know, when you when you see the alternate universe version of your main character, to a certain degree you're supposed to feel like, oh, well, I'm glad we have the one we have and not that one over there. Yeah, you yeah. And, and sometimes that goes real, real bad because sometimes you get the alternate version and they're cooler. Right, but the writer doesn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I, I have a full suspicion that at some point someone with someone who drew Miles Morales the first time was just like, yeah, it's a cool idea. Uh, we'll let them get it out of their system. They won't care in a while. Oh, yeah, because I... 
the the, the entire like the ultimate universe was sinking because the only good thing they had going for them was spider-man so yeah and this is a version of the of marvel universe where blade is an avenger and this is me saying this so put you in that thought process <laughs> so this I, means blade is part of next wave i'm trying to beat you to these jokes yet. Like, <laughs> but no the fucking idea of you know this is the worst universe or this is a better universe tells you a lot about who what the person writing it thinks you know most of the day mm. because especially if they're trying to be like clever and like make a commentary on something in reality or even a commentary on something in the industry they're working in, you know what if racism affected white people uh, yeah, man. it's a lot of that and it's fun to go there it's fun to explore these ideas and mix things up every once in a while because why the fuck not right but the minute you start treating it like it, it works, you know, <laughs> that's, the, that's the way to put it. Yeah. The minute you start acting like it actually works is, I feel, the point we've lost the thread, so to speak. And that's why the what-if formula for what we now call multiverse stories is, in my opinion, the vastly superior option. Because the what-if frames itself as if the actual structure and world building isn't important. The very, the very hypothetical nature of it is in the name of the type. So you don't get this very silly situation where a character is, you know, well, yes, 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 but what if phones, but too much kind of nonsense that you get with, Somebody with, um, Black Mirror. <laughs> I actually haven't seen any Black Mirror. I, it's not it, bad. It's, yeah, but it is very much that, like, there's a lot of that. It doesn't interest me. That. You're not big like, in the, um, Twilight Zone? Well, it's more that, like, okay, the, the sad thing is I really like Charlie Brooker. I think Charlie Brooker is one of the funniest and smartest guys in his in his uh franchise sorry, in his in his space and I really love his work on Screenwipe uh which mm-hmm. is basically about the methodology of making television and it's really really funny and really interesting and he's one of the first people on British TV who was pushing for take modern video games seriously and he gave Matt Lee's work on on actual TV and that was really cool but when it's like, oh yeah, Charlie Brooker doing The Twilight Zone, and we're going to get these horrifying short stories about the application of technology, and the first one involves the Prime Minister having sex with a pig, I'm just like, okay, yeah, every, yeah, everybody, I'm out, I'm everybody out before we start. Rightfully will tell you, don't watch the first episode. Yeah, but like, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's fine, I'm sure but it's I mean, great stuff. I, I mean, also, that actually fucking happened, so... Yeah, yep, 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 yep. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> like, yep. For for anyone not aware, there was indeed a uh, a a uh, whoo there there was indeed an incident where the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom was found to have uh, stuck his uh, uh, dingle into a pig's a, a dead pig's head. No, notably a dead pig because it's very important that it was a dead pig. Somehow anyway. it makes it better. Yeah, well, it well, does because I don't know because the pig probably didn't consent to having his head cut off. But I don't. Yeah the the whole the whole point of this. Uh, of things like Black Mirror is what about the boundaries and parameters of our technology and that's the shit I deal with on a, a daily basis like that's what we write about and that's what we talk about already so a TV series going well yeah what if like, yeah it's okay about, cool it's probably about like five years of filming like yeah this was, a, this was these were important conversations to have a while ago yeah it's already here we, it's all already yeah, we, here we live that life, bro. <laughs> like the one they had the, a <laughs> the conversation about drones, for example, where everyone's like, "Well, you know, I'm not sure if drones are morally acceptable." Look, a drone is a plane, and if Even you say you're, if you, we already if you say you're not okay, yeah, exactly. If you 
like a, a, a drone strike is an airstrike with one uh, fewer person at risk of getting hurt. And that person was already the safest person involved in anything to do with an airstrike. So, like, really, just just idly. Maybe you're not against drones and you're against bombing the shit out of shepherds. What they're really against is that happening where you live. Yeah. Because, like, well, if they can do that, then they'll do it here. That motherfucker, they've been doing it. It just didn't have any use, so now you're worried. But- yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yo, what, what if forces of the government uh, did something like they, they thought that we, we had too much money or too much capital? And so they did something like firebomb our entire neighborhood and, and deprive us all of massive amounts of life and liberty. You know, ooh, imagine if that happened to white people. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, like, if you go into that mental space, which is super... I mean, because that's the other thing, too, right? It's like, how much... What's your audience for your superhero story that you're telling? And thus, what ideas are you questioning with your multiverse story? Because, like... And that's the thing where they get excessively meta. Like, we were talking about uh, Red Sun... And how it fucking mm-hmm. ends in like a stable time loop or some shit that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> somehow created the mo- and you know that was the thing that Grant Morrison came in and told him to write mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so like fuck that's why that's, <laughs> that's what he does but like I mean like fuck Mark Millar anyway but also fuck Grant Morrison <laughs> <laughs> you know but look I don't hate Grant Morrison but I do hate that <laughs> I don't hate him I'm just consistently annoyed by him. As I was saying, I'll say everything in the world, but he's consistent. He is consistently that motherfucker. So, like, yep. like I guess good work <laughs> for continuously being the thing that you are. So I can rely on you to be that thing. Mm. Also, the, the dude does do an amazing job of looking like Lex Luthor. Trying to ruin <laughs> Superman's life. <laughs> doesn't talk like it. Doesn't talk like it. Uh, I, I, I feel for anyone who has to try and transcribe Grant Morrison's interviews it's kind i enjoy of... his i actually enjoy his voice i'm like ah man why you why, why, why you gotta sound like that and be like that like you, those are two <laughs> things <laughs> you're, t- you're, you're something i want something i don't want you're fucking me up here brother <laughs> but no like the whole again it's that idea of if it's really complex it's it's it almost feels like it's re- i wonder if it wasn't part of like reaching because a lot of people are sci-fi writers and you know a lot of them probably got shit from other like proper sci-fi novelist for writing oh, funny books back in God, the day. Oh, God, yeah. And you think, well, see, hey, we can write all these stories, too. I'm like, you know, who cares? Like, <laughs> like you don't have to, you gotta, again, you don't have to justify yourself by adding weird overlevels of complexity. Just like adding, you know, murder and cussing and, you know, sex doesn't make you more mature. Making your shit more complex doesn't necessarily make it more intelligent. Yeah, yeah. It, in, in some cases, it actually makes it much worse because... One of the hallmarks of good writing is the lack of the unnecessary. Mm. And just, this is sometimes seen as like, you need to make the whole thing shorter or you need to get rid of stuff or, or, or you know, fun things need to get cut. But no, like those things can very much be necessary to mood or, or, or enjoyment or pathos, for example. But if your writing has like 15 different twists and turns and it's actively hard to follow even by the reader, the person who you are explicitly here to guide through it, you fucked up. Yeah. And multiverse shit always does that. And, like, what is accomplished, right? Like, what is actually accomplished? It, it just adds a layer that you may or may not even come back and use, right? Because, like... Yeah. Most people don't... Again, people who want to read fucking Hellcat don't care. You know, they just want to read Hellcat. They want to, you know, see her fight guys and help people. Mm-hmm. So, adding these weird, you know, complex levels on this shit... It's just, it's extra information that nobody needs. And it's also just, 
<laughs> See, I had a extremely extra. And I, lost... <laughs> I had a train of thought and I lost it on the way there. It derailed, but um, no, like, much like all so, of this sort of stuff. It's <laughs> yeah. Well, the 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 nature of the multiverse as concept is it, it is a way to multiply your possibility space and. The reason you would want that is if you somehow were hitting the limits of your possibility space. And I want to remind you that comic books have Mr. Mixelblitzik, or whatever the fuck his name is. Well, technically. Yeah, and, well, yeah, he is. And, by the way, Dimensions, they're not alternate universes, so... Yeah, yeah, technically, I can rock... That's the thing, right? That's where the shit gets complicated, right? Because, like, okay, let's say you have, like, the spirit plane. Is that an alternate dimension? Yeah. Is that part of the conversation? Is it? Yeah, and is it not? And if it's not, why isn't it? Like, what's I, what's the what's the crucial so distinction here? Does that mean here? that every dimension has a spirit plane? Yep. Does that does and, that mean that there's a Satan in every single different dimension, or is there like one Satan in charge of all of them? Right. Like all this shit. It's like, hmm. and again, if you've been reading long enough, you know not to give a fuck. But if someone hasn't, then they don't want to know this. That like you you're just adding stuff. Shit. They're like, oh no, no. I you know what? Maybe not. Maybe I'll just just. Maybe I'll just watch the movies or play the games. Or just not give a fuck at all and go read anime. You know, go watch anime. <laughs> yeah, which, you know... Because that shit ends. <laughs> I'm trying to think about, like, the most elaborate and unnecessarily extra comic book... Sorry, manga by comparison that still got mainstream penetration that people would actually recognize it. And, like, JoJo's, maybe? And every... You don't have to... Again, if you've been reading JoJo's long enough, you know, you don't actually have to care. Because <laughs> yeah. the story is self-contained. More mm -hmm. or less. I mean, shit comes back... But, like, you don't have to care about the shit that comes back. I, I love that in one of the issues, uh, one of the stories of JoJo's Bizarre Adventures, the author just straight up goes, eh, I'm bored of how these powers work. Everyone's powers work differently now. And the answer of why does that happen is, eh. Of course, you know, then, like, the inverse of this is, like, fucking Homestuck, which is just... A sprawling a monster. Uh, yeah, but, like, it's one sprawling monster. And also, like, I honestly think people who like it, like, like it, Kind of angrily, because like towards the end, of it, that's where I was. Like I was not. Everyone who likes Homestuck likes it angrily. I think that's a good tagline for the episode. I mean, to be fair, that's kind of true of fucking superhero comics. <laughs> like if you don't. Well, like I mean, you consider you and me and everyone you respect writing on the subject. <laughs> yes, this is things shouldn't inspire. Right. Honestly, things things shouldn't like operate on those type of feelings. <laughs> By the way, uh, on, on the note of using multiverse as a storytelling element, you mentioned the exiles, and I would just like to point out that while the exiles do exist in this space of interfacing with the the uh, the very fundamental nature of the multiverse as the the reason that they they have a whole bunch of different takes on characters and they go to a whole bunch of different locations, you can do that stuff in universe too. Look at the Suicide Squad. They're basically both garbage draw collection points for their various continuities. That is a good point. And you can't just connect all these little dots that nobody cares about or you think nobody cares about and make something interesting out of that if you feel like it, you know? And still work within what's there and not create all this complication because all you're doing is telling stories about characters that weren't getting stories told before. And you know what? Thank you for bringing that up. That's another fucking thing, you know? We have this problem of, you know, 15 bat books a month. And then mm. five alternate universe bat books a month and all this other shit. Like, hey, how about just tell stories about different characters? No, no, no. We have to tell Batman stories. What are you doing? It? Well, just tell alternate Batman stories. Like, no, just tell new stories. The uh, 
the the marketing issue is one of those other things because marketing is a lot like economics in that there are a lot of principles in it that uh get followed at the wrong times by people who don't know what they're talking about um so the, you get this kind of strangling. Ironically, you get a def, you get an, a, a deflation slash inflation effect going on with with Batman because Batman sells comic books. So we'll put Batman in more comic books, but now the return on Batman is actually quite low because he's everywhere. Uh, so clearly, we need to make even more Batman books because the rate of return on Batman is lo- is getting lower. Like if these like sort of multiverse century stories basically just take up space that new ideas could be taking up, you know, that could be yeah. exploring. It's like, hey, instead of the you know the umpteenth you know alternate universe Nazi Batman Superman Nightwing thing, which is one of those is coming out right now. How about uh, this? yeah, alternate universe? Don't get me wrong, tri- I do like the idea of uh, of angry Romani uh, uh, Nightwing kicking the shit out of Nazis. No, no, he's the fascist. Of course he is. He apparently depowered everyone in the universe or some shit. Yeah, the the uh, the the Nazis were big on the Romani. They were really big on circus performers too. They fucking loved circus performers. I don't think he's actually a Nazi. I think he's just some kind of fascist and that imagery. Yeah, of course they are. Uh, Nightwing the Order, yeah, but like the, uh, again, I guess you know what? <sighs> I can't believe I'm saying this, but at least they're using someone else because that could have just been another Batman story. And uh, you know what? A lot of people in, like, the fandom would say it kind of is, because, you know, Nightwing spinoff character. And I can't fully argue with them, but, like, ugh. <laughs> Yeah. It, it's, it's, that, it's that difficulty of, like, again, the more you do the multiverse stuff, the more you just, you're taking up space that could be given to anyone, anywhere, for anything. And instead, we're using that space to tell stories about the same people we always tell them about. And yeah. treating it like it's a different thing. Like, oh, hey, see, here's a new story. Here's... Like, for fuck's sake, like, Gotham by Gaslight, good enough story. There's a lot of characters who were alive during, you know, the, 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 those era, during the Victorian era. What if they did Etrigan versus Jack the Ripper? <laughs> Think about any, like, characters, who, they could just have that actually be canon, that a member of the DC Universe fought Jack the Ripper, you know, one of the, what if, what if it was fucking Vandal Savage against Jack the Ripper and it was like, hey, hey, I kill people, you don't kill people. Anything. Like, any, interesting variant of these ideas that could add something new and fucking give who doesn't want more etrigan stories besides people who don't like etrigan but like fuck those people <laughs> it's great <Matthew> rhymes. <laughs> i shouldn't have to give more reasons for that he tells dumb rhymes it's great and then he burns people's faces That's simple things all right so broadly speaking there's a lot to this and we're probably going to come back to this and we're probably going to kick it around even more because well in the infinite, multiplied, varied universes, there are always new things to get mad about. And <laughs> Clay and I are your we, Clay and I. We are your guides on this journey through the the very concept of uh, of nonsense in comics, and we are willing to take you to these places and show you these things and tell you why they make us angry. Uh, uh, I mean, that's a job here. <laughs> it ain't a pain job, but it is a job. Uh, so that was from the rooftops, a podcast about superheroes where we didn't do the intro. So I guess all of that was just pregame. And now here's the uh. intro. Yes, this real episode is more about shipping. <laughs> That's Clay. <laughs> That's Talon. So where in the multiverse oh. does Blade fit? Uh, mm, 
Well, the best version of Blade is the one that stabs Stick in the chest, so. And that's an ultimate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alright, fine. Okay, multiverses are good now. Stick got stabbed <laughs> in the chest by Blade. And he was, well, wait, and he was wearing Iron Man armor at the time, so it's almost like he stabbed Tony Stark. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs>